G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The panel. Experienced panellists on with us this morning, and uh, Jordan Oppert, and of course Brad Lewis. Uh, Jordan, if I can start with you. Uh, a revelation from Razor um, on a podcast from overseas, not to one of our local journalists, but uh, his time might be a little bit shorter than people think in this country. Oh, I know. Good morning, I think. Good morning. I think it's Brad as well. Hey, Brad. Um, oh, look, you got it. I love Razor's honesty. I always have. I think he tells it how it is, and good on him for shooting his shot, I guess. I mean, you'd like to think he's not the one that gets away from New Zealand rugby because I think there'd be so many people absolutely gutted by that because he's one of a kind Razor. He truly is. I spend a lot of time around him and I have for the last few years, um, you know, following the Crusaders, and he's got an aura about him that is. I would say unmatchable. He's 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 definitely one of a kind. And I mean, I spoke to Colin Mansbridge, CEO of the Crusaders, on um, Sunday and asked him how the conversation went down between Jace and uh, Jason Ryan and Razor when Jason did leave the All Blacks. And he said one word, and it was emotional. And I can imagine it would have been because Razor is someone who's always tried to help his assistants get places too. And it's just so unfortunate he's not there yet. But I. I think his time will come. It's got to. I just hope he's not the one that gets away. Jordan, I just wonder how, how often over the last five years his phone has rung anyway with offers from overseas, not nations as such, but uh, high-profile club sides, and he said no. I mean, we said no because he's still here, but I just wonder now um, if those same people will call or new people will call and what his attitude will be right now. Oh, yeah, totally. I would say his phone would have gone hot as soon as that happened because I'm sure there are teams all over the world who would love to snap him up. And we know that there have been offers. He's spoken about that in the past. But I don't I don't know whether it's sort of he wanted to send out a bit of a warning bell to New Zealand rugby that if they don't start listening, that maybe he will have to consider these more. Um, I mean, he's always said he wanted to wait until his um, boys were at an age or his children were at an age that... Uh, they were able to, you know, go forward in life and make their own decisions too. They're nearly finished at high school, I believe. So the time is now for Razor. It really is. And he said that himself. I was actually surprised he was so old. I mean, he's still young, but, like, also old. He just comes across like this, you know, kind of, I don't know, I thought he was younger than that. But, um, yeah, I mean, the time is now for Razor. It really is. And I think a bit of a warning bell, really. Yeah, a warning bell, all right. Uh, Brad Lewis, uh, what did you make of it yesterday? Because um, it wasn't on uh, through New Zealand avenues, but it, the news came quickly here. Yeah, uh, interesting strategy from Razor, and I think a really good one. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you can only imagine uh, what that conversation with Eddie Jones was uh, that he would have had last week. Uh, and uh, speaking to Miles Harrison, a really, really uh, excellent English rugby commentator, he kind of said to me uh, a couple of weeks back that the English Rugby Union will almost be hoping that Ian Foster can turn this around 
so that they can take a run at uh, Razor post um, the Eddie Jones era, which will conclude at the Rugby World Cup. I mean, can you imagine the money that the English Rugby Union would throw at Razor to become their head coach? Uh, it, would, it would be astronomical. And, uh, yeah, um, Steve Hansen this morning telling Tova O'Brien that he says Razor's time will come. He just needs to bide his time. Um, and he actually said he, he doesn't think he needs the international experience before becoming an all-base coach. And he, um, and he sort of, you know... Uh, his advice to Razor was to be patient, his time will come. But uh, when you're as good a coach as Scott Robertson, who has won in every single coaching environment he's ever been in, including uh, underage um, international rugby, uh, you're going you're gonna to command big salaries and big offers from some of the best teams in the world, and that's international teams, not club teams. Well, testing his patience, uh, if that's uh, Sir Steve Hansen's uh, attitude, and uh, quite clearly the, the fact that Ryan, Jason Ryan went across uh, was uh, almost the straw that broke the camel's back, I was thinking, Brad, in that re- respect, because straight away we get this announcement um, and this revelation from Razor as such. And we all know, uh, we've seen it with Brendan McCullum, uh, the pound is very powerful, uh, and uh, yeah. enough pounds, uh, if enough pounds come down the, f- the telephone line, um, mate, you'll go, won't you? You'll just go. You, you would hope, Smithy, and I know that we don't have a lot of trust in the NZR, right, with what's happened recently, but you would hope that they, are, they have an open line of conversation with Scott Robertson. And look, uh, a lot of All Black fans wanted him in this job last week, uh, even before then. Uh, I think if, if he was offered, I don't know if he would have taken it, to be honest, given that he was on a, a hiding to nothing. And uh you would hope that there's a line of communication where they've said to Scott, look, mate, regardless of what happens next year, you're our man moving forward for the next two World Cups. You would hope that that conversation is ongoing and that the appointment of Jason Ryan is the first step in getting Scott Robinson to all-black coach uh, post-Rugby World Cup. Absolutely, do. We'll take a quick break uh, for some news with uh, the lovely Aroha. And when we come back, more from uh, Jordan Oppert and Brad Lewis here on SENZ. The panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. Brad Lewis uh, with us this morning, as is uh, Jordan Oppert. And Jordan, uh, yes, the naming of our flag bearers for the Commonwealth Games. Uh, two really popular choices. Oh, yeah, so cool. I'm so stoked for them both. I mean, as you say, popular choices. The emotion got me this morning, seeing, like, you know, Tom Walsh, who's a bit of a, I don't want to say a big teddy bear. I'm not sure he'd appreciate that, Smithy, but. It just it really brought it home how much it means to them. Um, and I guess in terms of the games is here now, I guess opening ceremonies and flag bearers rather always make you realise it's right here. And I'm actually really pumped for it now. I'm excited to see Tom Walsh get to work. I'm excited to see Sophie Pascoe, Dame Sophie Pascoe, I should add. Um, I think it's going to be a very emotional game for her. She's just got the one race. Um, you know, and the person that we've always gone to is, so Sophie had have done well in the pool with Nana Pasco, the matriarch of their family, who unfortunately passed away just before Sophie left. So I think there's going to be a lot of emotion in that. Um, I look forward to seeing the cricket as well, the, the, the um, White Ferns in action. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that team goes, obviously the re-inclusion in the Commonwealth Games, but also from the team perspective, given everything they've been through in the last, geez, as you could say, just about year now, I would say. New coach, how that's going to go. But look, I think it's going to be really exciting. A lot of um, medal prospects over there, let the games begin. Let the games begin. Uh, let the Warriors uh, stop bickering on the field, Brad Lewis. That's what we're hearing. Senior players saying they need to end that, this on the field stuff. So it's not just in the boardroom or in the front office, uh, so to speak. 
I mean, can we just like can we just wipe the season out, Smithy, and just like can we just like stop playing? Like I I, I don't know, mate. Like uh, it, it's so depressing. Uh, I love this club. I love it so much with a passion. Uh, it, you know, it's it's been a passion of mine since since '95, and this has to be the worst season in club history. I know that they got the wooden spoon one year under Frank Endicott, and maybe first league, first year of Super League. This is the worst season in the history of the Warriors, and last week uh, sort of epitomised their entire season. A first half where they were fantastic. They defended superbly. They they defended for their line. They defended for their club, uh, and they scored a couple of really nice tries. And Sean Johnson Johnson ran the cutter exceptionally well. In the second half, they were horrible, horrible. It was a pathetic performance, and I don't know how the team can go from 40 minutes of greatness to 40 minutes of, of being pathetic. And yeah, like every week after the game, we see Tohu Harris comes out and criticizes team for you know lack of lack of effort or Jazz Tavanga. You know they need to get on the same page. Uh, look, hopefully Andrew Webster can come in and make some changes. But, man, I, I fear for the team next year. I know we've got a few roster changes coming in, and there's some good players coming into this team, some good young players. But I fear for next season too, Smithy. I just I don't know how this club can turn it around. We've seen it with the Bulldogs for the last five years where the same sort of things were happening at their club like three or four years ago. Uh, I, I, I fear for next season, and I fear for the future of this club with the with the current state of their culture. It's it's a real worry. Jordan Opper, we rely on you now that you've got the green light for your new stadium down there. 13 to 3, the councillors voted in favour of it. Uh, I just wonder um, how much progress have they made since that vote because we need you for almost like a weekly update. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the commute's still the same, adding another three minutes each way home, Smithy. Um I'm just actually having a look outside now. Can't really see that far down. But look, the fences are up still. Uh, I have noticed there's an extra... When I went past last night, I did notice there's an extra couple of um, entry points for those making excavation work. So, look, any progress is good progress at this rate because it's been sitting as it was for God knows how long. So, look, we'll, we'll take that as a win. But, yeah, more than happy to provide your weekly update. And I just wonder, with, um, uh, with just on the, the subject of rugby league, that will enhance, uh, I would imagine, uh, a chance down there with a great facility like that of a possibility of a second side? Oh, don't say that. Well, look, I've got to say, actually rugby league is massive here in Christchurch. It is a, it is a big sport. A lot of people do play it. Um, I understand actually the Hornby Panthers are the, are, are the big ones, but they're currently using Napunawai, so that's a pretty nice facility out there for them as well. They've got a little mini stadium out there, but I'm sure they're like loving prospect of being able to play in the stadium too. So look, never say never. A lot of talents come from here, I think actually, and a lot of people as well. Until maybe until now, until this idea, have had to leave the South Island and head up north if they wanted to crack it because. Unfortunately, down here, you're in a little bit of a bubble if you're playing league. But, yeah, really strong competition. A lot of teams play and a lot of people love it. Well, I can see it as a real viable uh, option, actually. I hear a little groan in the background there from uh, Brad Lewis while we were talking about it, which I thought was quite rude, actually. But uh, just by the by, uh, Brad, uh, and, and I just saw something, too, on Facebook, where, where the Warriors uh, are now calling Mount Smart 
their fortress because they haven't lost there now for 1,061 days. <laughs> How good is that? Eh? Like, at least they, they see the funny side. And, hey, they were very good against the Tigers, but let's be honest, the Tigers are a worse muck than, than the Warriors. So, uh, <laughs> look, um, uh, Melbourne Storm, man, I, oh, I talked about fear before. A Melbourne Storm to outside coming off the back of, what, three or four losses with a Craig Bellamy rocket up their bums. Uh, I... The score could be cricket-related uh, this weekend, Smithy. OK, well, let's change subject to them in terms of uh, this weekend, and that, of course, is UFC 277. Um, so that is a very important one for New Zealand. Uh, interest, of course, Kaikata France is uh, on, um, uh, he's on the bill there, uh, as well as uh, uh, a rematch between uh, Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes. Now, a lot of people uh, around UFC say when uh, Pena beat Nunes, it was one of the biggest upsets in the UFC for quite some time. How do you see those two fights going? It was the biggest upset in UFC history, probably, Smithy. Amanda Nunes was an unbeatable champion, and Juliana Pena, an unfancied challenger, and she shocked the combat sports world with a phenomenal performance. But I think Nunes takes the rematch. I think she'll make the changes she needs to um, and be a little bit less aggressive. Um, she's a phenomenal fighter. She has so many ways to win that fight, and I think she'll get the job done. Um, but for me, Kai Carter France, the opportunity to become the first New Zealand-born uh, UFC champ. I know it's an interim champ, but as he said earlier this week, it's still a gold belt. It's still got UFC run on it. It's still his title. He's been phenomenal in the last 18 months with three back-to-back uh, -back wins, uh, and one of them against the former UFC champ in his own right and the number one contender last time out. Uh, I, uh, you wouldn't find a nicer bloke Smithy in New Zealand sport than Kai Carter France and a guy who works so hard uh, to, to where he's got to. And you look at his record, and a lot of people will say, oh, 22 and 9, what's this guy doing? But in the last 10 years, he's 17 and 3. Uh, so that that's that's that shows me that he's found something in the last decade. You know, it was the, the first sort of year and a half of his career where he was taking fights at ridiculous weights and had a 50-50 record. You look at his, his measure of work over the last sort of eight, nine years, it's been phenomenal. So uh, I would love to see the man crown a UFC champion. I think he's got a great chance. Close fight with Moreno last time out, just lost it. Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal fight, Smithy. I hope a lot of our Kiwi eyes are going to be on it. Uh, we could have another UFC champ uh, in, in our stable and that gym is just again city kickboxing housing potentially three UFC champions how amazing is that for a gym down in New Zealand this little side of the world that a little gym in Auckland could house three UFC champs and two of the best fighters in the world in Volkanovski and Adesanya it is an amazing stat when you boil it down to that there's no uh, doubt about that Brad uh, Jordan uh, you mentioned before you know you've you've spent a lot of time around the Crusaders and Razor uh, but what about Jason Ryan? A lot of people don't really know too much about Jason Ryan, apart from his fine record with the Crusaders. Are you confident he is the man uh, to, to fix this forward pack, get it going in the right direction? And, and his, uh, his personality, can you tell us a wee bit about that? Yeah, I mean, Jason, um, to be fair, he doesn't front a lot in media circles. It's usually Razor and then the coaches, uh, the captains rather. But I see a lot of them out there. He's got a he's got a real rugby brain. He's super, you know, he's textbook kind of coach, and that's what Razor said he loves about him. Um, you know, he's always got the gadgets out, whether it be an iPad, whether it be an actual handbook, like a handwritten notebook. Um, he's always doing things by the book and his textbook, and I think you can't 
fault that. As a person, he's always super professional. Um, I feel like he comes into every media briefing and he knows exactly what he wants to get across. He's very articulate in what he does. I guess that comes on and off the field too. And he is a really nice guy at the end of the day as well. I think um, I've always had quite good dealings with him, um, as have quite a few of the people around me. So I think, yeah, I, I rate him and I rate his honesty as well. He'll tell us a spade to spade, you know, and he'll, he'll tell you that. He doesn't mince his words. Um, he, I think the other main thing as well is that he asks a lot of people, I guess his players, but his players also the same as him and he gets a lot out, the, out of them, he gets the most out of them and he wants them to be the best they possibly can be. I mean, I was with um, speaking to Fletcher Newell's dad yesterday um, after Fletcher got his All Blacks call up and he said if it wasn't for Jason Ryan, Fletcher wouldn't be half the player he has been. He's built him into this not only amazing player, but amazing person too going forward. And I think that's really special, that the ability that he has to create relationships. So I have no doubt he would have hit the ground running with the All Blacks this week. Um, and I guess we'll just wait and see what comes from South Africa. We will, um, but it is interesting, and I'm not being snarky or smarty here, uh, Jordan, to think that the very first change that he makes out of necessity because of injury, he pulls in a crusader, of all things. Could you believe that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, let's not go. Let's not go there, Smithy. Let's not go there. Okay, I'll, I'll let you finish on this. Then, what, what's the event you're most looking forward to uh, in the Commonwealth Games? The one that really in, uh, is going to inspire you the most. You think, looking ahead. Oh, that's a tough one. Because as I've done any games and Commonwealth Games, it's often the story that you didn't expect that ends up being your favourite and most memorable. But hey, I'm really looking forward to seeing Tom Walsh in action. He really wants a gold. Um, he's ready to put it all out there, especially after the world champs didn't quite go his way. I think he's got a bit of pent-up energy. Obviously, being flagged there too now, it just adds a whole other level to it. So I've got to say, big Tommy Walsh is the one that I'm looking forward to. OK, and Brad? I, I like Lewis Kleber. Like, he's in a really tough, tough... Uh, field with a couple of the fastest guys in the world but he was so awesome at the Olympics and uh, it would be great to see him standing on the, on the dice getting any color, any medal colour to be honest but I really like that guy, he's a, he's a good Kiwi bloke, uh, he works hard and I'd love to see him achieve uh, great things in, in Birmingham Two great Kiwis with us this morning too Brad Lewis and Jordan Oppert, thank you very much to you both uh, for your participation this morning and we'll catch up with you again very shortly, we shall have another panel same time tomorrow morning Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.